Welcome in to the First and Goal radio show. I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt. John, How's it going? John, here we are. We're starting off NFL talk. In Lincoln, we talk a lot about college sports. Not just college sports, Husker sports, Husker football. But we're moving on. We're, we're doing something different. We are talking about Husker football. I mean, not Husker football, NFL football, excuse me. And by far, this is going to be an extremely interesting season. An eventful week one. And an eventful week one. First game of the season, Eagles-Falcons st- started off with a bang. I, and, and talk about maybe the most lethargic game one to the season. Yes. The, e- the Eagles offense, man, they need, they need Carson Wentz back. They yeah, need Wentz sure. back. And it ended the same way the divisional round game ended with a Matt Ryan pass incompletion of Julio Jones in the end zone. Yep. And the biggest problem I see with the Atlanta Falcons right now is they can't score in the red zone. It's not yep. possible for them. Well, I remember the, the first time they got down into the red zone on first and goal. Then they went for it on fourth, on fourth down. Four straight plays, they didn't have Julio Jones on the field. And the entire time, I'm just thinking, what are you doing? You take arguably your best player on offense off of the field when not first and goal, not second goal, not third and goal, but fourth and goal. You don't have him on the field. And, and when you take out possibly a top three, definitely a top five receiver in the league, and he's not playing on four straight downs, on four straight, excuse me, critical plays, I mean, that's a huge coaching mistake. That's a problem. Matt Ryan's favorite target is Julio Jones by a mile. Yeah, and going going back to the Eagles a little bit on on offense, Nick Foles had a rough week one. I mean, 19 for 34, 117 yards, no touchdowns and interception. He looked rough. Uh, That offense did not look in sync, um, Mm -hmm. which was weird because last year in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, Nick Nick Foles showed showed what he can do. Uh, I mean, in the Super Bowl, 373 yards, three touchdowns, Super Bowl MVP. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, just a rough week one. Uh, Carson Wentz still not cleared for contact. Yeah, and you know Carson Wentz, he could be out for a few more weeks. It's not even just yeah. he's not even day to day yet. He's just yep. clearly out, and he is a playmaker. And without him, the Eagles, I think teams are really starting to understand Foles. I think he had that one MVP campaign type of year a few years back, but ever since then, he was such an up and down quarterback. That when he started for the Eagles, everyone counted them out. No one, and I mean no one, believed that team could get it done. But, you know, a Super Bowl MVP later, Nick Foles, I mean, was on top of the world. But there's a reason why teams don't want to pay him that money yet because he just hasn't shown that consistency you need to have as a starting quarterback. Yeah, and, and when he had that, uh, that Pro Bowl season back in 2014, I believe, and then he went to the Rams the next season, um, and they paid him money to be their starter. And he had a rough season that year. Uh, and then he went to the Chiefs, played as a backup for a year. And then where he, and then he went back to the Eagles, where you know what yeah, happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have, if I was the Eagles, I don't have a problem starting him for a few more weeks. A few more weeks. I mean, if, if Carson Wentz isn't even cleared for contact yet, there's no reason to rush back your MVP caliber quarterback. No, and especially Nick Foles. Although he is inconsistent, he gets the job done. And, yeah. you know, yeah. ever since he's come into play, he's won, he's been the leader in that locker room. He's led them to a Super Bowl. And, 
has a week one victory. And so that just kind of shows you what, what a quarterback, a good quarterback can do. And I think that's what is changing in this league. I think I saw there's 15 new quarterbacks yep. this season on yep. new teams. And in week one, we saw some of them at their best and some of them not so much. Um, <laughs> you know, my favorite game, I think we're gonna, we'll talk about uh, Bills-Ravens. Nathan, oh, the man. Nathan Peterman project. Oh man! Uh, and that was that was ugly. That game was ugly from start to finish. And poor Josh Allen, he's getting the start this next week, and I think it was a week too late. Yeah, and I, I can understand the decision. I mean, you have a rookie quarterback that you want to be their franchise guy. Yeah. Um, I, I can see wanting to sit him for at least the first week um, to learn instead of just throwing him in there and. Uh, without any experience, but Nathan Peterman, I mean, 5 for 18, 24 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. I, I mean, John, you put me back there. I'll, put, I'll give you the same exact numbers. Uh, yeah, he the just he looked lost. He looked lost. I mean, it, it's, it's embarrassing. That game was an embarrassment for Buffalo fans, a team who made the playoffs last year. That team looked like... They have been in the cellar for years upon years upon years. Yeah, final final score of that game, forty-seven to three. Do you think the Bills are just that bad, or do you think the Ravens are that good? I, I or think too, too early to tell. I well, here's the thing: Buffalo's offensive line is bad, and I think that's also a concern of why you want to either hold off on starting Josh Allen, but it it means the world when you can have a good quarterback, even if that offensive line isn't doing much, having at least a solid quarterback can still make a difference three points that is pathetic I think it might be a little too early for the Falcons I'm not sure yet I don't know Flacco is he elite yes (laughs) but in all seriousness I think Buffalo is just a very bad team I think last year was um great for the city of Buffalo but they they just don't have that product that you need to be a a high caliber football team, and, and maybe they'll prove me they'll prove us wrong. But they got rid of Tyrod Taylor, which was a mistake. And then AJ McCarron, he could start on this team. If you're worried about Josh Allen starting, fine. Mm-hmm. But you need AJ McCarron yeah. because he would he would do much better than anything Peterman will put on that field. Nathan Peterman has shown me no sign of of being the guy, and but. I, on the Ravens, uh, talking about uh, new quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson sitting behind Joe Flacco, who has looked really good in the preseason. Uh, I- I'm excited to see if how much they're going to use him this year, if at all. And I- I'm excited to see him in the future and take over that team because, man, I, I was unsure about him coming in. Uh, Dual-threat quarterbacks in the NFL sometimes lack the ability to-, to throw the ball or whatnot, but I think he's looked pretty good. I and- well, and yeah, and I think that Joe Flacco is starting to feel some heat because Ravens draft Josh Allen in the first round, or not Josh Allen, excuse me, Lamar Jackson. And a lot of people were talking about how Lamar Jackson, we aren't sure if he's going to get drafted. We're not sure. And then all of a sudden his stock continued to rise and rise and rise. And the Ravens took that bet because since that Super Bowl, I mean, they have declined rapidly. And so does that start at the quarterback position? And maybe, yes, it does. And Joe Flacco has been underperforming for the last three or four years. 
You get a guy like Lamar Jackson who looked great in the preseason and is a dual-threat quarterback, and if he can have an accurate football in terms of throwing the football, I mean, Joe Flacco is in a lot of trouble. I agree. And he needs to continue to play well, or else it could be a Lamar Jackson football team soon. Yeah, I'm excited to see that uh, in the future. Mm -hmm. All right. Topic I, I gotta I gotta talk about uh, Le'Veon Bell. What? Still still holding out. Hasn't reported to practice. Missed uh, missed uh, week one. Eight hundred thousand dollar fine. No no plans to show up for week two. It's gonna be another eight hundred thousand dollar fine. What do you think? If you're if you're in the Steelers front office, are you giving him the money that he wants, or are you gonna continue to let him hold out? Well, here's the thing. Pittsburgh has a guy named James Conner who did the job. Yeah. He was great against the Browns. Great game. 31 carries, 135 yards, two touchdowns. Great game. And and here's the problem is Le'Veon Bell is a good running back. Yeah. He is he is talented. But unfortunately, running backs are a dime a dozen. And unless he proves that he is the best running back in the NFL by a mile – Pittsburgh won't give that up because they just had a guy run for 135 yards in an ugly yep. football game where no one played well except for James Conner. Yep. Like, he looked fantastic, and here's the problem, too. Le'Veon Bell is starting to burn bridges with his teammates. Yeah. Offensive linemen, even Ben Roethlisberger has come out, and they've basically talked about how they think it's ridiculous what he's doing. I mean, I understand he wants the long-term deal, but if he just signs his franchise tag, he'll make $14.5 million for the season. Right. Which, yeah, he, he doesn't have the long-term deal, and you risk the injury and, and whatnot. But you're making $14.5 million for one season, and you're a free agent next year. Any other team will pay you a ridiculous amount of money right. to come. I mean, you're, you're in the prime. You're 26 years old. You're in your prime. There's, I just I don't see a reason to continue holding out. Well, and here, and now the question comes into play, will Pittsburgh try to trade him? And if... He does this all season long, has this holdout. I mean, do teams want to go after a guy who has this kind of attitude problem? Yeah. I I mean, this is an attitude problem. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's – is it Earl Thomas, I believe, on Seattle? Mm -hmm. He's still reported, and he's not thrilled about his deal, but he still wants to play football. Yeah. That's what he wants to do. He wants to help his team win. Yeah. And you just you don't see that with Le'Veon Bell, and I understand wanting to protect yourself. And, you know, it's a business league, right? I mean, these leagues, NFL, NBA, MLB, it's a business. If you're not healthy, you're not going to play. And I understand you want to protect yourself and your rights and all that and make sure that you get paid the money you think you deserve, however it goes to a certain extent. And I think yep, I at this point, Le'Veon Bell has lost that support of, like, yeah, you do it, Le'Veon. Mm-hmm. And now it's more of a case of, okay, this is ridiculous, and we have a running back. I think that's what Pittsburgh is saying is, okay, keep holding out. Keep giving back some of your money. We've got a guy who is willing to play for us. And, and Le'Veon Bell, one of the best running backs in the league, but I Pittsburgh agree. has an outstanding line. I mean, if you watch that game, James Conner had a fantastic game because of that line. Right. I, I mean, agree. And it comes to a point, it's like, do you want to spend $15, $16 million a year on somebody who has this attitude problem and could be replaceable? Maybe not, but c- could be. 
I mean, well, that's the thing. If Connor, what? What if he has four more great games? Exactly. Le'Veon doesn't have his chance. Has a ch- have a chance. He doesn't. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you have a great offensive line. Good running backs look great. Alfred Morris had a thousand yard season, mm-hmm. or Darren McFadden had a thousand yard season with the Cowboys. Yep. And McFadden was hor well, wasn't horrible with Oakland, but he was, eh. And he looked great with a great offensive line in Dallas. Yep. And in the off season, Todd Gurley, not, obviously another one of the best running backs in the league, signed a four year, sixty million, sixty million dollar contract, fifteen million dollars a year. I, I think at this point, Le'Veon Bell wants to be the highest paid. Yep. So, and I think he's come out and said before, I could be wrong, that he wants 16 a year at least. And I, I just, I don't, I just, I don't see that. And I don't know how, it's not the NBA where a guy like Mike Conley can be making 20 million a year plus. Yeah, well, you only have to pay. You only have to pay five, ten guys on a team. Yeah. And yeah, 53 men on, te- men on the roster teams, in the NFL. Teams can't afford that yeah. unless you want to build around Le'Veon Bell. A lot of teams won't be able to afford that. Todd Gurley got paid because they're they're starting quarterbacks under a rookie contract. Still, yep. Jared Goff is still being paid as a rookie. Now, it's a first or second overall pick, so he's being paid a, quite a bit. However, it's still much less than having to pay a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and going off that, the Rams and the the fact that Jared Goff's on the on his rookie contract, they have picked up some big name players. In the offseason, and they they are scary, especially their defense. That that they defense is good. Acquiring Marcus Peters from the Chiefs, of course. I'm still sad. Yeah, <laughs> you saw believe. his touchdown celebration, didn't yep. you? Yeah, that I did. And um, yeah, they just resigned Aaron Donald on that line. Signed Adamikin Sue in the offseason. I mean, they're scary. They are. Sc- I don't know where they got all this money from. I don't. I don't understand it's really that, how it's that Jared Goff rookie contract. It man. is. It's huge and. I mean, the NFC is going to be – I mean, both the AFC and the NFC, but I feel like there's so many more questions in the NFC and so mm-hmm. mu- so many more unknowns. In the AFC, it has you been st- – You still have Tom Brady. It's been so consistent mm-hmm. yeah. of New England versus whoever. Mm-hmm. It is – that is what it's been. It's been Baltimore. It's been – Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. It's been Denver. Yep. Those have been the three main competitors against New England for this past, what, decade? Yep. I mean, you had a few other teams in there. You had Mark Sanchez and the Jets at a certain point. Had the Jaguars last year. You had the Jags last year. But even then, I mean, you know they're not going to go into Foxborough and, and take and down the Patriots. No. It's, man, I wish Tom Brady would retire. Right. Coming from a Chiefs fan. You, oh, well, you, you have to. And the problem is it's been domination. And to see it at the highest level. Um, yep. And what's crazy, too, is you see teams like – the Miami Heat from 2011 to 2014, great. The Warriors from, what, 2015 to, to now. Mm-hmm. But these only last four or five years. New England has dominated for a decade plus. That is incredible. Yep. And it's because it's, it's they really have a amazing. great coach and a, and one of the greatest behind center. Yep. They really do. And um, so going off of that, I think now is a really great time to – Let's talk about some games. A lot of games being played. All 32 teams played in the NFL um, this past weekend. And um, we mentioned Steelers-Browns. And I, I want to talk about the Buccaneers and Saints a little great. bit. Great. With, uh, with Fitzmagic. I can't believe it. Really. <laughs> Man, I cannot I, believe Ryan Fitzpatrick. 417 yards in the air and four touchdowns. Uh, 
Here's a good question for you. Okay, you know Jameis Winston's on that four-game suspension. Yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick plays like this for three more weeks. Jameis Winston comes back. What are you doing? I mean, you have to start Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I haven't seen Jameis Winston do enough. Do enough. I haven't seen him go 21 for 28, 417 yards, four touchdowns, Mm -mm. and 48 points on the Saints. I I have not seen that. Jameis in his second year where they were a game away from the playoffs, looked phenomenal. Yep. But years one and three, he did not look good. Both him and Mariota have had their moments of greatness, but neither have really panned out to be great quarterbacks. I agree. And and they're not busts. I don't want to say that they're busts, but they're just serviceable QBs. I haven't seen enough from either of those two. Yeah, Marcus Mariota had a rough week one, too, and – like you said, I I haven't seen enough from him either to to fully to truly believe that he's the guy that can get it done for them. I, I don't see him taking them to a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, like I said, in in week one, 103 yards, two interceptions. He got hurt, which yeah. is scary for the Titans. But I believe he's going to play week two. But I, yeah, I just I don't see him being the guy. I don't either. And the problem with Mariota is those injuries. And now I think Tennessee was a game where there was a pretty long de- weather delay as well. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Tennessee just – they always seem like they're one piece away. And yeah. it turns out to be six or seven pieces. But they always seem to be one piece away. And um, really going back to that New Orleans game just quickly, Fitzpatrick had a great game. But, I mean, Drew Brees, 439 yards, three touchdowns, only eight incompletions. That was a shootout, and New Orleans yeah. is a good football team. I yep. think that they have a real chance of competing. The amazing part about that, that's just a typical day for Drew Brees. Typical. Like that, that's, that's no surprise to anybody. I mean, he puts up those numbers every game. And, and you know, last year they were a running team, and so maybe you thought, okay, this team's going to go back to the ground. Brees said, no, I'm going to go back to tossing a football. Yeah, I mean, well, Mark Ingram's suspended as well for those first four games, but they have Alvin Kamara now who – Offensive rookie of the year last year. Absolute stud. Um, they have weapons on offense. They, they, ha- they have weapons. But it's. I feel like this has been the Saints' problem since I can remember watching the NFL. They don't have a defense. Yep. They, have, they always have some offensive firepower, but they don't have a defense. 48 points to the Buccaneers. I mean, uh, no one. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great week, but... Fitzpatrick is another one of those inconsistent quarterbacks mm-hmm. who will have six great games, but then he'll just kind of sputter out. Yep. And so, once again, is this another one of those, well, is Tampa's offense that great, or is New Orleans' defense just not very good? Yeah, I agree. And taking it over to another game, I want to talk a little bit about the 49ers and Vikings game. Mm-hmm. Vikings defense Going to be one of the best in the NFL again. They're I mean, good. Harrison Smith had an absolute day. Interception, fumble recovery, six tackles, a sack. The man was just an absolute machine on the field. Um, their defense shut down. Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty rough start to the season. He did. Um, only 261 yards, three interceptions. I, and I think Jimmy G's a good quarterback. I think the Vikings defense is scary. Yeah, I agree. That team, Kirk Cousins, he... All he needs to do is throw for 250-plus yards a game, limit turnovers, and move the football, 
that team could win 13, 14 games. Yeah, I don't see a reason they, they won't be in the NFC Championship game and maybe even the Super Bowl. They're a scary team. They're scary, and they have weapons on offense and even bigger weapons on defense. And so yep. this 24-16 win, Jimmy G with a touchdown, three interceptions, 261 yards, and really just couldn't get any rhythm going on throughout mm-hmm. that game. And yep. I, I think credit the Vikings' defense – and there's not much discredit towards Jimmy, Jimmy G because he had a great end of the year last year. Yeah. Um, but he's still one of those guys has only had five or six starts. He still needs to do a lot to prove himself. Well, there, there's also the question on whether or not he has enough players around him. They brought in Jarek McKinnon in the offseason, but during the preseason he, he had a knee injury. He's out for the year, which is a huge, huge blow to their offense because now they, they have Alfred Morris and um, – uh, Michael Breida run, running the ball, and neither of those guys are spectacular. And receiver-wise, he just doesn't have, I don't think, enough George weapons. Kittle. George Kittle was his number one receiver yeah, week it, one. There you go. And he just nope. he doesn't have enough weapons to really be successful. I think he's that guy. I think he can be that franchise guy, but they need to bring in some more talent on offense. They've brought in some talent on defense. They have. Which is the biggest signing being Richard Sherman in the offseason. But – yeah, they need to bring in some guys on offense, I think. I kid you not. I saw Pierre Garçon's name pop up, and I yeah. was blown away. I, I had no idea I can't believe he was still in the NFL. NFL. <laughs> I remember Peyton Manning throwing footballs to him as an Indianapolis Colt back yeah. in, what, 2010? Yeah. He's still in the league? I blows me away, and I think that is just a statement about where um, the 49ers offense is at. And the next game... Texans, Patriots, Patriots, twenty-seven, twenty, and um, Tom Brady, T Magic is back at it again. Yeah, not really, nothing new there. I mean, he had himself a day. He's forty-one years old now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, forty, uh, forty-one. Almost three hundred yards to the air, three touchdowns, one interception. But his team gets the win. He doesn't lose in Foxborough. It's no, and you know yet. who the number one back in New England is? Rex, Rex Burkhead. Burkhead. Yeah, which. You love to see it. He he always fought hard in the trenches for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Was just a big time special teams guy. Occasionally got some, uh, made some nice plays, and now he's just stepped into a role where he's the every down back. Yeah, I mean, how cool is that for Rex Burkhead now to be starting on a Super Bowl caliber football team? Yeah, and he was, he was what the third or fourth back last year, and yeah, yeah, to see him uh, have that number one spot, and that's, I think that's it, really cool. And, you know, to have him be doing that under uh, Bill Belichick, that I mean, that that's really cool to see one of the greatest coaches have Burkett as that starting guy. Yeah, and he was Definitely. a weapon last year. I mean, he found he found his way into the end he zone did. so many times. He did playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, uh, he can't. That'll, that'll happen. He went from one of the greatest college quarterbacks, Taylor Martinez, <laughs> <laughs> to a decent quarterback in Tom Brady. I think that's a fair yeah, just, comparison. Just an average one. Just average. Uh, um, on, but on the other side of the ball, Deshaun Watson, coming on first game back from the the ACL tear, didn't look great. Didn't look bad. Um, and, and this is a tough opponent to go into Fox. Yeah, to go into Fox week, week one, week one as hard. as a second year guy. Didn't even play play a full season last season. I mean, you can't you can't expect too much more. Um, Lamar Miller, twenty carries, ninety-eight yards. I mean, he is. That's a day. He's a big every down back, and yep. I think Houston is a team I would expect to go see go nine and seven, maybe ten and six. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I agree. think that's uh, that's reasonable for for the Houston yeah. Texans. For so many years, their uh, their division has been weak, but the Jaguars now, they yeah. uh, think the the Jaguars are going to take that one. Their defense is yes. legit. They, it is, and I mean. Once again, shutting down New York. Saquon Barkley had that big-time run, but other than that, had under three yards of carry before that. Yeah. Before that run. Yeah, he had 106 yards on the ground. Take away that 68-yard touchdown. That's 17 carries for 38 yards. That's not very good. That's not very good. John, I'm not very great at math, but that's <laughs> not a good average. Um, I mean, the, the Giants line didn't look great, but you got to, of course, give credit to the Jaguars' defense. The Jaguars' just defense is once again. Every position. Is, is just loaded. They're good. and I'd like to see them make a run again. I would too, and it, it'll come down to, I think, that offensive side of the football. Yeah. Um, and Blake Bortles, Blake of course. Can Blake Bortles get it done? Yeah. Um, Leonard Fournette tweaked his hamstring. Did he? Yeah, probable for week two, but we'll see. He's they have TJ Yeldon, who... Uh, Who's not bad. Yeah, he's, he's not, a good, not bad. He's a, he's a good back as well. Um, I think if I was them, I, w- I wouldn't hesitate to sit Fournette. This week. Right. Because you have TJ Yeldon that he can come in and be a decent back. Mm-hmm. And, so. and they have, yeah, they have those two backs. And so their ground game is nice. It's just through the air. Um, who's, their, who's their number one wideout in Jacksonville right now? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you, right? <laughs> I mean, is it Alan Hearns? No, he's a, he's a cowboy now. I mean, Keelan Cole. And D.D. Westbrook were the two the two receivers with the most receiving yards last week. Yeah, yeah, another one of those. And I mean, three receptions and five receptions just. I mean, Niles Paul is one of their receivers. Yeah. I mean that not, that's not another good. problem for Jacksonville. They they don't have any real threats through the air. I agree. But John, I feel like now is the time. We talk about. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man. And the Los Angeles Chargers. And I s- still feel weird about saying Los Angeles. Uh, I do, th- too. They, they play in a soccer stadium, first of all. And Looks I, I don't know if you saw, but it's 75% mainly of that stadium was Chiefs fans. And that's how it is every week. Yep. No one wants to cheer for Los Angeles. Do the Chargers, the Chargers fans exist? In San Diego, they do. But they left them. And that is still one of the biggest mistakes I understand the Rams. Yep. I get it. And they have started to draw a following. I do not understand the Chargers. I think that's a bad mistake. And for a good football team, I think the Chargers are going to be pretty good this year. Yeah. But that is a huge mistake for that team to be moving to Los Angeles. And I'm interested to see, is this something they're going to try to stick it out? I mean, the owner has to commit, doesn't he? I think so at this point. You you can't go back. So I think they just horrible. stick it out. Just horrible. Yeah, that game. I mean, the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes making his first start as QB one, and he he looked good. He looked comfortable, and uh, he looked ready to go. Um, a problem with the Alex Smith and the Chiefs last year was he he didn't like to take shots downfield. I think everyone right. knows that he's more of the the game manager type quarterback and while it was great that he didn't turn the ball over much it didn't get them far in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and I I think the Chiefs front office and the Chiefs coaching staff recognized that so they went and drafted a guy like Patrick Mahomes who 
isn't afraid to throw the ball downfield, and he has an absolute cannon for him. He does. He has, and when you have Tyree Kill, who can outrun everyone on a football field. Sammy Watkins, they brought in in the offseason. Travis Kelsey, and you have Kareem Hunt in the backfield. I mean, he's got weapons all over the place. He's got weapons. I think Kansas City has a flip-flop of from the other problems. Great offense, but there's some question marks on defense. They're secondary. Uh, Eric Berry didn't play week one. He's not here. still a sore Achilles. Marcus Peters, gone. Gone. They brought in Kendall Fuller over the offseason with that Alex Smith trade, who's really their only good quarterback, or cornerback, excuse me. And, yeah, they need some help in the secondary. And they do. It, it, was, it was very clear. Phillip Rivers threw for 424 yards. I, they, need to, they, need to, they need to fix that if they want a legitimate shot at uh, a deep playoff run. I agree. Because I think with Mahomes, he's got a great – but there's one down effect to having a guy like Mahomes, and you just have to deal with it, is a guy who atta- has that deep threat, he's going to make mistakes yeah. throwing it deep. And that's okay yeah. because his – Production is going to outweigh those mistakes. So mm-hmm. if he throws one, maybe two interceptions, for every two, he's throwing four yeah. touchdowns. Or at least you hope. If he's having a bad day, then it's not going to be good. But I think he's going to be producing week in and week out. Yeah, that, that was the biggest question mark for him coming into the, to the NFL. People thought they didn't know how much he was going to turn over the ball, how many interceptions he was going to throw, how comfortable he was going to be making the, the adjustment from college to pro. And I thought he looked good. He had a couple throws that looked like they were shouldn't have been thrown. They could have been intercepted, but, I mean. And that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean. Tom rookie, Brady does that. Yeah, second-year guy. I mean, But he had four touchdowns, no interceptions. I, I thought he looked really comfortable. Um, and most, I mean, most of the time he's throwing to Tyreek Hill, who you said before is an absolute machine. I mean, seven receptions, 169 yards, two touchdowns, and a 91-yard punt return touchdown. Man, he he's a special type of player, and you can put him anywhere. I mean, you can line him up in the backfield, the slot, the outside, punt return, kick return. He can do it all, and it's just so exciting to watch. And mm-hmm. It's a special type of player. And I think the AFC West this year is going to be very interesting. I think Oakland getting rid of Khalil Mack, and John Gruden came out and said, I don't know why we didn't get to the quarterback. I don't know why we're having issues stopping the run. Well, I... I can tell you. I yeah, think and any average fan can tell you why. Khalil Mack's gone. He's another guy that, that wanted to get paid, um, which I can understand. But the thing about it was Oakland had the money. And, they did. And John Gruden has come out and said, well, he didn't want to play for us because he was holding out, you know, not reporting. Um, but, I mean, he did. And, and Oakland had the money to pay him, and he knew that. And Oakland decided not to pay him, so they traded him away to the Bears who signed him for six years, $141 million. Just a crazy amount of money, but in the Packers and Bears game, it was it was pretty clear why they did that. I mean, I mean he was Mack dominant. Was just dominant. Like, you could you could line him, him up on the, on the defensive line, only player out there, and he'd probably get the job done. He would. And the, before Khalil Mack was traded, the AFC West, by a mile, had the best pass rushers in the it, for a division in the entire league. Yeah. Joey Belsa and Ingram for the Chargers. Um Houston and uh, who's the other elite pass rusher on uh, D Ford now. Tom Bahali was yeah, was a yeah, great for, that's for right. many years. Um and then I mean now for for Denver, I mean that whole line is scary, but you have one of the best, if not the best, and Von Meller and now 
the Super the, Bowl MVP and the rookie Bradley Chubbs. I mean, yeah. I mean, all those and Khalil Mack was a Raider. So when those teams played, I mean, there were four or five sacks from these stars. But now Oakland, I think, has eliminated themselves. I think this has become a three three team race. And I know it's a little bit early, and I don't just say that from week one, but. I don't think Oakland is good enough, and I don't think Gruden has kept up with how teams play now. I think he's going to try to do his old style, and, oh, he doesn't want to play. When He only talked to Khalil twice. It was when he was hired as a coach and when he traded him away. He said, thank you for being an Oakland Raider. That's not going to be successful. No no wonder Khalil Mack maybe doesn't want to play. You didn't, you didn't put forth the effort to talk to him. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you saw after – the Rams Raiders game. Uh, it, it was today, actually. Uh, Gruden was doing a press conference and he was talking about uh, offensive struggles with with Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. And this is a quote that he said: "Cooper was open deep. He was open a couple of times. For whatever reason, we didn't go there." He's basically coming out there and criticizing Derek Carr for not throwing the ball downfield. He's saying, "Oh, we had we had receivers open downfield, and Derek Carr didn't make those throws." You can't come in. You can't come out there and say that stuff about your quarterback because players aren't going to want to play for you if you say stuff right. like that. You and that's the problem is you have to make sure your team wants to play for you and respects you. Yeah. And when you don't sign a top five pass rusher in the league, you trade him away. You criticize your quarterback, and you haven't proven yourself since two thousand two. Yep. I mean, that's the last time he coached was the early 2000s. You, these guys don't respect you like your old team. Mm-hmm. They might have heard stories. They might have seen you on ESPN, but they don't respect you yet. You had to prove that to them. And so you do things like this, it can dig a hole. He's starting to dig that hole, and that is a problem for the Oakland Raiders. The thing is, they gave him 10-year contract. 10-year. 10 10-year 10 contract. Why? That is a commitment. That's, a, that's what it would take to bring him in. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to coach for anything less than that. I wouldn't pay. Would you pay John Gruden for 10 years? Would you give someone? No. Would you give anyone that size of a contract? No. The only person, you know, and it's in a different sport, is LeBron James. Yeah. He'd be the only guy I'd say, yeah, we'll pay you for, for 10 years. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Because LeBron could play until he's 45, for all I know. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Broncos. Let's do it. Um, Scott Ayers, as we all know, big Broncos fan. I'm a Broncos guy. Um, and I think this Denver team, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to tell. I think the biggest question mark is that quarterback position. I know Case Keenum threw three interceptions, but – He's a far better quarterback than what the Broncos had. Far yeah, they, I better. mean, they had quarterback struggles last year. Yeah, the last two years, Denver's biggest problem is their offense has been bad. Last year, their defense had a lot of games. Like, Aqib Tlaib got burnt a lot last year. They had problems on defense, too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. last year, and that's why they ended up with a top-five pick. Mm-hmm. Because they just couldn't get the job done. And so now they have more support for Von Miller, who was getting triple teamed at times last year. He only had 10 sacks, and I say only 
because it felt like there which was, is crazy because that'd be a lot for anyone else but, right but, but for, for Vaughn, Vaughn that's Miller, a down that's, year yeah that's a down year and, and it's because he didn't have any help now against Seattle did you see him strip the ball away mid run for Chris I Carson I did I mean who do you have you ever seen anything he didn't strip it pick it up on the ground he took it away like it was a little kid holding a piece of candy yeah I, I've never seen something like that before that unbelievable was, that was a grown man just ripping the ball away from another grown man but from he made, another he made grown it, man he made it look simple i mean that is unbelievable and i think that's why this defense is still scary i think this yeah. defense is going to cause a lot of problems it's the offense but do you know who stepped up which really impressed me both emmanuel sanders and Amaris thomas neither had oh. over a thousand receiving yards last year yeah and a part of that could be because of quarterback struggles as well mm-hmm but they both did have down years. But, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, 10 catches, 135 yards, touchdown. And Marius Thomas, six six receptions, 63 yards, a touchdown. I mean, those are good numbers. That's, they are. Uh, and um, Broncos got it done 27-24, and it was a late score, scoring drive led by Case Keenum. After yeah. he threw an interception. So the thing that impressed me about Keenum is he bounced back from his turnovers. He started two for six with an interception, but really turned around. And another guy to look out for on this Denver team is Philip Lindsay, the undrafted running back, ended up with 15 carries for 71 yards. Along I mean, with Royce Freeman. Along with Royce Freeman, yeah. the Oregon running back. So two rookie running backs are leading the charge for the Denver Broncos. And the ground game is still a question mark right now, but – over 140 yards rushing, that's pretty impressive against a good Seattle defense. Yeah, I mean, they lost C.J. Anderson in, in the offseason, obviously, who was a 1,000-yard rusher last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now in the Carolina Panthers. But, yeah, Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay coming in to, to fill that role. They look good. They look good. And and now, John, let's, let's look forward now. We have a big Thursday night matchup, Baltimore versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati um, – I mean, they've just been one of those teams where they just can't get it done. They weren't good last year. Andy Dalton is back. They start off 1-0 at home against Baltimore. What do you like to see in this game? I, I just I want to see Andy Dalton continue to to throw the ball. I want him to I want to see him find AJ Green. I, I yeah. felt like when I was watching the the Bengals and Colts game, I felt like he was trying to do too much with the football, and he wasn't looking for AJ Green enough. Which, mm-hmm. which I'm making it sound too simple, I know, but when you have a top five wide receiver, arguably, in the league, I feel like you want to see more from him. He still had six receptions, but it, ne- it never seemed like he was his go-to guy. So right. I want to see Andy Dalton continue to throw with him. And, and Joe Mixon now in the backfield, he's looked good. He he's, has. He's, he's looked like their, their number one running back, their go-to guy. He had 95 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He looked good. Mm-hmm. He he did, and it's funny. Giovanni Bernard is still somewhere on that roster. I feel like Bernard has just kind of been hanging around for the last – it hasn't been a decade. It's probably been four or five years, but it just yeah. feels as though he has never found his place on that team. He's just a third down back. They'll toss him a five-yard pass, and that'll yep. be that. But this game interests me because Baltimore looked great against yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to see if, like I've said before, if the Bills were just that bad or if the Ravens are are good. Yeah, and I, I'm not. Sold they look on scary. Team. I'm I'm not sold on either either. But uh, I'm excited to see. I mean, they put they put up 47 points. Right, and, and 
It's funny. So we go from a Baltimore-Cincinnati game, and there's Los Angeles versus Buffalo next week. Neither team looked great week one. Buffalo looked like they were horrendous. And if they – I mean, I don't, if, if they do this again against San Diego. I'm not sure if the Bills will win four games. No, I, I don't know. And now, Josh Allen is getting Josh the start. Josh Allen will be getting the start. So, but I he, think. He, even the short, town, short amount of time that he did play, he, di- he didn't look fantastic. No. He looked, he looked average. He looked better. He looked, he looked better, better than Peterman. He looked, he did. Not hard to do, yeah. but he did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I. I with Josh Allen starting, I, I could honestly, I could see six wins, but yeah, not more than that. No, no, I, I, don't, I think this is going to be a tough season. I think Buffalo needs offensive line and some weapons for Allen. Um, John, about six more minutes here, and I, I think, um, I think what I want to ask you now is, kind of getting away from games, is who, are, who are some players that are sticking out to you that you think are going to make a huge impact this season? Oh, man. Well, starting off, like I said before, I'm a Chiefs fan. I, I got to start off with that. Tyreek Hill, I mean, after week one, he looks like a, a true number one receiver now, and he looks like a go-to guy that can that can do really everything for that offense. Um, with Patrick Mahomes now throwing him the ball, I think that he is going to be – he's going to have a great season, and he's going to be very important for that offense. I think Khalil Mack on the Bears' defense now looked incredible. Um, Aaron Rodgers, who looked like the entire Packers team in that game. I mean, what what a story for him to, to get carted off the mm-hmm. field, and then he comes back and down 17 points in the fourth quarter, comes back and, and wins the game for, for Green Bay. When Without him, I mean, Deshaun Kaiser looked like a, a peewee player. He looked right. terrible out there. He did. He the, I mean, horrible. the Packers looked lost without him. I, to me, there's not – Aaron Rodgers is more important to his team than anyone else in the league. I completely so, agree. I mean, he's an MVP candidate every year with a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Rams' defense, too, is, is I'm excited to to see. I mean, I wanted to just say Marcus Peters or Aqib Tlaib, but you really have to look at that defense as a whole. Now Aaron Donald and Nadam can see on the line. I mean, that whole defense is going to be one of, if not the best, defense in the NFL. I agree, and on top of that, they're coached by one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL, Wade Wade Phillips. Yeah. This is his 42nd year coaching I think so. in the NFL. And, and he has a couple Super Bowl titles to his name, especially yep. his most recent one with the Denver Broncos when he was the defensive coordinator for that mean, mean defense yep. in 2015-16. And so um, – What uh, what are some players that, that stick out to you? What do you I, – I think, I think what Tyreek Hill is doing is um, – I mean, pretty incredible. I think the speed he has and how he is a threat on every single play. I, I think, though, too, um, you, you have to look at the quarterback position. and I mean, the, the, the problem is in the NFL right now, running backs are dime a dozen, and teams need a good quarterback to lead. Yep. And I, unfortunately, I don't think um, Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback he once was. He did have 335 yards against the Browns, but five turnovers though. Right, and that and that's why they lost that game is turnovers. Yeah. I think though, I don't know if they're going to make a huge impact, but Aaron Rodgers is like you said the most important guy to the Green Bay Packers. I think Agreed. Andrew Luck is a top five guy important to their team. I just want to see Andrew Luck stay healthy. 
if he stays healthy, I mean, the Colts are completely different yep. when Andrew Luck is healthy. Agreed. And I'm not saying that they're a 12-4, and 11-5 team, but when he's healthy, this team can actually operate. And that's who Andrew Luck is. He knows how to operate the system well, and he is a darn good quarterback. I agree. And, Scott, as we're coming to a close here, I just want to talk a little bit about injuries and some of the effects that teams are going to face because of this. Starting off with the Titans, Delaney Walker after the season broken foot. Marcus Mariota left the game early with an elbow injury, and they lost Taylor Lewin to a concussion, who's their starting tackle. Mm. That's a rough week one. Yeah. I mean, looking around the league, Doug Baldwin for the Seahawks uh, has a problem with his MCL, could be out for an extended period of time. Greg Olson... Uh, re-injured his foot, in, yeah. could be out for an extended period of time, might be, might go on the injured reserve. Um, Leonard Fournette, like I said earlier. Um, and, and for the Falcons, they lost their starting safety in Keanu Neal, which is just a huge blow because he had the best season of his uh, career last season. And mm-hmm. in week one, to see a guy go down to an ACL tear and be out for the season like that, that's that's just a huge, huge blow to that secondary, to that defense, and to that team. Yeah, and and – John, what we are seeing is so many more ACLs injuries, it yep. seems like, this season. I think part of it is aiming low. I mean, yeah. players are starting to aim and hit low, and we see a lot of lower injuries. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the NFL is turning into is they are really trying to protect the players, but sometimes it seems almost as if there is still more harm being done and now CTE is so serious, and so I completely understand where they're coming from, limiting those helmet-to-helmet hits. Yeah. But to a certain extent where, I mean, guys are, <laughs> they won't be able to walk after the age of 40, it seems, yep. age of 45, because they are getting just decimated below the waist. Yeah, it, it's tough to say because, you know, with more and more information coming out um, about CTE, and the side effects of that. You, you hate to see that. So I understand the implementation of the new helmet rule and, and not being able to lead with your head. But, but like you said, it's it's bringing problems to other areas of the body, like low, and you're mm-hmm. seeing these ACL injuries and, and problems with knees. And I feel like there's just no way to really combat it. It's a rough sport. It is, and, and it, the players know what they're doing. Yep. And they know why they're signing up for it, and I think – that's why guys, full circle here, like Le'Veon Bell, want to get paid yep. because they know the risk of injury. Well, John, for a first broadcast, not so bad. Not bad. Not, not terrible. Bad. But, folks, thanks for listening. There's going to be some serious improvements. Tune in next, next week edition. to find out. Tune in next week, 8 to 9. And let me tell you. 8 to 9 Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. We might expand. But we're not sure yet. We're still talking to production about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it figured out. We'll get it figured out. But until then, I'm Scott Ayers. I'm John Schmidt. And we thank you for listening.